Welcome to Cancelled. Hey, everybody. Bob's here. Bob Kuzravi's in the building. We are up to episodes five and six of The Lone Gunman, the X-Files spinoff that I am trudging through <laughs> for your enjoyment. This, I mean, all right. Before, oh. Hold on. Before we get into everything, did you, uh, what you been up to, man? How you been? Did you do uh, any fun, 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 fun shit? Uh, honestly, no. I just hung out. I kind of avoided a t- uh, town and just got reports back from people. It, was, it sounded like a great time, though. Yeah, it was fun. I, I mean, I had a couple good sets I did and then watched... I was on the side stage for Big Frida. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Frida's. It's a crazy. Like, the idea, the fact that that's like, it is a fun show to see, but yeah. in reality, it's just a DJ, some dancers, and then her yelling ass a lot. <laughs> like, that's the whole, her part of the act is very minimal. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, but she's also, like, super charismatic, and it's, a, it's, a, it's just a, the energy is super fun to see. Right on. She also apparently taught a twerking class in the middle of the day. She did teach a twerking class right before her set, and then I laughed really hard because a friend of ours. Katie Penker was a comic. She did Firefly on this. Was like on side stage too, and she was like, "Shit, I just took that class. I'm coming over here to show what I just learned." <laughs> I was bro. like, "All right, do you?" Um, That's hilarious. I've been. We've been. Uh, I spent the last week doing Cowboy Bebop. I've recorded all yeah, of Cowboy Bebop with Jake. So my brain. I'm just. Like we, I would like go to the festival, watch two hours of fucking Cowboy Bebop, talk for yeah. two hours about Cowboy Bebop, go to the festival. I'm I, my I'm seeing fucking cartoons and jazz everywhere I look. God. Uh, but that'll be coming out. soon See, that's enough. gonna be that's part of the problem here is that you're going from this Cowboy Bebop, Bebop back to this. Yeah, certainly doesn't help. Yeah, uh, but I also feel like if I had watched you know a pile of shit. <laughs> turn like a pi- if I if I had sat and watched a pile of dog shit turn white, oh, this episode would still stink. Let's all right, let's just get into it. Uh, we are starting here with episode five. Yeah, I, episode le- five. Legitimately, the, like hands down, the worst episode of the six we've done. I, in I my agree. mind, I completely agree. Um, this and, episode was just so it just from beginning to ending. It was I just rolled my eyes over and over. Like really. It's kind of everything that's wrong about this show and how it's not living up to the potential that it could. Yeah. The premise of the episode is that there's a senator who's running for re-election and they find out so that, and uh, he has a an intern that has gone missing. It's like a Gary Condit kind of a situation, if anyone remembers that mess. Um, Sandra Levy, I think, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, and they're gonna like expose him because he's basically a drunk and a philan- like and a and a philanderer. I guess is the right word. Sleeping so around. This is, so let's let's. I just want to make a quick yeah, point here that, that I, I don't want you to jump over because it plays into it later. Uh, he's also a Southern senator, like a really thick, very Bill Clinton. Yeah, very Bill Clinton. It, that's exactly who they're targeting this entire episode. Right. Like it was. That's who they. It was like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're talking about Bill Clinton, and yeah. I'm like, really? But this is at the end of his term, right? Like all of the <laughs> jokes had already been made. There's no excuse for the for the writing of this episode. Oh uh, yeah. The, the the I mean, we'll get into the writing of the episode, but so so the premise is that they are going to expose the senator for right. having something to do with the disappearance of his So the opening, like, I thought thing. the opening was actually kind of funny, where, they're, where the guy is being fed the lines. It was okay. Like, it yeah. was, the gag was kind of funny. So basically, they're at, like, a rally, and there's a reporter asking him questions, but they have hijacked the feed from the news van, and they're putting the questions in the reporter's ears. I, I thought the gag that, like, the reporter would just say whatever is fucking put yeah. in his ear was funny. 
But I found it really frustrating because, like, if you're trying to get information out of him, you would not have the reporter go, like, I heard you and that girl like to hide the salami or whatever. Yeah. Like, play yeah, it, it straight. You have to play it some they, – they never play anything straight, which is why the comedy doesn't work. You need to play yeah. off of something. Uh, I, so, like – that gag, while the like the initial gag of it made me laugh, it's just so implausible and stupid to the show. Oh, yeah. It just makes them idiots. I so this is the thing. I liked that idea of like them ambushing an interview. Sure. And then as as far as like the concept of the show goes, I think that was great. That's mm. a great idea. Like they ambush this dude, they take over the news feed, and then right. they trick the journalists into asking the questions they want to hear. Right. I agree with you. The questions are dumb. They're very dumb. Like, they're very poorly, like over the top, like almost. Almost like high school boyish. Yeah, yeah, for questions. sure. Well, I mean, that is the level of comedy involved in this, particularly yeah, this episode. Exactly. There's like a four minute fart, like not even joke fart, <laughs> like a four minute fart uh, so, later in this episode. So th- this is my other issue, though. Like that's a great that's a great setup, right? The up that should end there. Now it should go off to be like, oh, it's a funny way of getting into the, and to, the right, characters. right, right, now right, right. Let's move on. Let's move on to a. Else. A real conspiracy yeah. or something. That is the problem with this show. Is there, particularly with this episode and sort of as a representation of the show in general, there are no fucking stakes in any of these mysteries. The big plot of this whole thing turns out that he cheated on his wife and knocked somebody up uh, who and has a herself. baby. Like, who yeah. killed herself? She didn't even get murdered. The <laughs> yeah. bad guy at the end isn't really even a bad guy. We well, let's, hold on. Well, it's early? fine. Yeah. Who gives a yeah. fuck? Yeah, no one cares. And also, if you've, you're watching the show, you've watched the show. Like, yeah, if you're listening true. to this, I'm hoping you've watched the show. Or kind of hoping you haven't. Save yourself some time, I guess. But anyway, so uh, so they get arrest- They get caught. And they put they pin it on fucking Jimmy Bond again, like it's his fault. I'm starting to get more sympathetic towards him. He's still an idiot, and I don't like yeah, him as a Jimmy character. Did nothing wrong in this episode. He just like is standing there, and a reporter notices he's got an earpiece in, and they're like, "Hey, who do you work for?" And he's like, 60 minutes or something." And he yeah. like tries, but they're caught because of the fucking stupid questions they're asking in the first place. Right. Um, so, uh, Fr- uh, Fro Hickey. Excuse me, Fro Hickey and Langley get arrested. They spend a night in jail. Uh, I do, I still like fucking Fro Hickey because he calls it the Hooskow, which is my favorite slang term for prison ever. <laughs> spend a night in a Hooskow. I don't know where that comes from, but it just sounds so like I actually was old timey and awesome. I was excited that they actually got arrested. Like, there yeah. was, is that right? Is that yeah, bad? yeah, yeah. No, Every other sure. episode is just like, and then we're out. And this one, they were like, we just spent the night in prison. Can you at least? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually appreciated that scene for sure. But uh, like- and then the, the interaction with that cop, I actually kind of like too, because Langley's just like yelling at him, yelling at yeah. him, yelling at him, and, and Froggy's <laughs> like, hey, doc, what the fuck, calm down. And eventually the cop's like, you know what the difference between you and me is, I have a gun. And they're like, oh, right. And they're like, yeah, that is kind of the difference between <laughs> yeah. us and cops is that you, you're allowed to murder us. <laughs> like, yeah, and then you get away with it. Uh, um, but that, so they, they, they're trying to find this girl, the, the missing intern. Uh, they find a clue written on the, the windshield of their car. It's like a number, Rx something. And they're like, oh, it must be a medical. Rx must be a prescription. They trace it back to a doctor. And then Frohickey and Langley have to go there to break in and get – not break in, but like sneak in and get the files. They do so by having Frohickey pretend to have gas. Oh, oh yeah. So that he say. can distract another everybody. Another mark. Another episode with a butt gag. Another butt gag, 100%. <laughs> um, and he's like, how am I supposed to pretend to have gas? I don't make a fart noise, I guess. Fine. It goes on for so long. Yeah. Just like, awful long. And that's, and that's part of what the problem with this show is, is it doesn't know its target audience. Like, the, the, 
the target audience for this show should be fans of the X-Files, right? It's right. a spinoff of the X-Files. So it should be people that like those characters on that show. And maybe get some new characters, uh, some new fans as well. But you're targeting people that like that sort of thing. Who are... That's a smart show. You're looking for yeah. sort of smarter nerds. They don't want a three-minute fart joke. Like, a little fart joke, fine. I'm not above it. But, like, it goes for so fucking long. Yeah, this is a gag that targets, like, adolescents. Like, like kids, 12-year-olds. It's yeah. like a 12-year-old boy joke. And not even them for as long as this gag goes. Like, now it's like a five-year-old joke because they just keep making the fart sounds. Like, a yeah, 12-year-old yeah, yeah. would find it funny at first and eventually go, all right. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even a 12-year-old yeah. would, would get old, old. This would be old for after a while. <laughs> Wow, uh, I also feel like that hotel, that hospital apparently like th- like judging solely on the that nurse exists in the past. Like I don't understand. <laughs> she looks like like Nurse Ratchet. Like she has that weird nurse's hat from the fifties. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just weirdly like the juxtaposition of that. Just and then the doctor apparently is blind when he comes out of the back. Yeah. Like yeah, this is. I guess it's a subtle commentary on the failing healthcare system. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't think it is. Uh, I, I think you're giving them way too much credit. I am giving them too much credit. Um, I'm just groping for anything. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted, there was a thing, so I looked this episode up, and I'm not. I'm not going to be shy about this. Yeah. Go I, on. So, uh, before we started, I told you Chris Carter wrote this episode. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's mind blowing. It's it's one of those things where you're like, you should. This guy should know better, but I guess yeah. he has no sense of humor. And I, yeah. When I was looking at it, and I don't know how accurate Wikipedia is on this, but sure. there's two things on here that's really funny. Uh, he wrote this episode and he had a hand in writing the first episode and oh, both yeah. of them start the same where the reveal like they just the episode starts in the middle well, of yeah 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 true instead of like a procedural where it like starts with a little question mm-hmm. and then builds into what right. the conspiracy is so I'm like okay this is a sign of his writing I guess at this point I can pinpoint it on the Wikipedia page it shows how many viewers watched each episode this had probably the lowest of the top five. Oh, wow. Like, it went from 8 million viewers the week before to yeah, four. Yeah. And Chris Carter wrote no more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, hey, I'm done. Apparently, I'm not having a good effect on this. Oh, shit. Uh, it's too funny to me. So then, like, but the, that, so that gag goes on way too long. There's another gag that goes on way They basically, they end up tracking... They send Jimmy Bond into like work the, the volunteers the can at the cannons all on, on the campaign to like see if he can find information, and he has some like thing glued to his hand. I didn't even figure it out. Oh, so I couldn't. Yeah, so I wasn't sure what this was about. I think because they were saying earlier there's a like a deep throat type character. Some, yeah, somebody is somebody put that uh, that prescription yeah. number on the windshield. So they're trying to figure out who that is because somebody's is, trying to give them clues. Which coincidentally ridiculous clue because it would have taken you yeah, like yeah. twelve minutes to finger <laughs> trace the prescription. yeah 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 instead yeah, of just yeah, writing yeah. on a piece of paper and throwing it into the car. Or also just how about writing like here's what he did. <laughs> like why do you have to write just a weird esoteric clue that sends them on submission? Just if you're really trying to fucking yeah. just give them the information. Yeah, God, it's ridiculous. Um, but uh but so he's there and he has some weird I, I guess it's trying to like cover up his fingerprints or something. It's like fake skin that's over the palm of his hand. Yeah, and it I, starts. P- I don't. I they don't really set it up. I don't know where it came from. I, I wasn't. Sh- that's the, agreed. Because I, I, same thing. I was like, what the fuck? I don't. I'm not sure if what he was supposed to do is shake the hands and like get yeah and get people's get fingerprints, fingerprints on I, that. Pad? I think so because I think that would pay off the end gag with the coffee cups, which we'll get oh, to. Okay. So that makes sense, kind of. Yeah. 
Uh, but the thing on his hand starts peeling off. So he's like, oh, I got to get some glue. He also was talking into it. So then the other thing was like, is that where the radio is? Yeah. I understand. I, yeah. Who the fuck? Oh, sorry. Also, Jimmy Bond's an idiot, so maybe he's not supposed to be talking into it. There's no explanation, whatever. So, but all I, all, it starts peeling off, so he has to try to glue it back on. And he gets like Elmer's glue, which he then sprays all over himself because he's an idiot. And then like just gets everything from the desk stuck to him. Right. Like, you know... Uh, I'm, you can't see the air quotes I'm using, but comical way. Uh, and this gag goes on for like three minutes. It's him like just getting stuck to things for so oh, fucking long. It's like, do you? Is it just? Are you trying to fill time? If you're trying to fill time, I can almost respect it more than like you think this is genuinely funny, right? He goes into the bathroom where he overhears like the campaign, the two heads of the campaign that aren't the senator talking. Uh, Which, this is my problem with the show, is that mystery solved. Like, yeah, just, done! It's, it's over. over! Ten minutes in! Yeah. Uh, he bas- they basically say everything. Like, they tell where the fucking apartment is. So, like, he has his love nest, right? Uh, and, like, uh, they try to call, but the, whoever they're calling is not there. They're supposed to be watching somebody at this love nest. They go to the love nest, and lo and behold, there's a fucking unattended baby there. I'm not sure where the person yeah. was supposed to be watching them went, I but it's just a baby sitting there playing with a remote control. They walk in, they think someone's talking to them, but it's the TV. And there's a baby, and obviously it's the senator's baby that he's had out of wedlock with this missing intern. And they're trying to hide it until the election, which is like three days. And this is where the fucking show just goes completely off the fucking rails. They uh, just take the baby? <laughs> I know. That was my big note I, here. In capital like, letters, are you out of your fucking mind? Steal a baby from my house. They are villains. Yeah. The three heroes of the show are now kidnappers. They don't even know whose baby this no really clue. is. They have no clue what his baby it is. Been in a, it could have been one of his AIDS babies. It was like... Could have been a housekeeper's baby. I didn't mean to it say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. One, yeah. of his, one of his many AIDS babies. At least that one won't be around that long if it's an AIDS baby. Um... <laughs> But yeah, they uh, just take guy. the fucking baby. Yeah, they, you don't like you, it's evidence or something, but you can't do that. Oh god, it's so it's so it just and so many level levels of like inappropriate, illegal. Like oh god, just mine. I actually cringed. Listeners, if you're at home right now, if you ever find an unattended baby, don't take the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call the police. You call the police. And then someone will come who handles unattended babies. And it's not you. Exactly. They just take this baby back to that shitty warehouse, like, fucking headquarters of theirs. Neither of them have any fucking ability to to care for a baby. At one point, Frohickey's like, I think it's hungry. We're out of milk. How about non-dairy creamer? Said as I like not as a joke because he comes back with a fucking bottle of non dairy creamer <laughs> with like a, a surgical glove over it that he's going to use as a nipple. He's going to feed that baby <laughs> non dairy creamer. These people are monsters. Uh, there's one oh, decent. God. There's one decent gag in the whole thing, and it's stupid, but it made me laugh. Where uh, they first come back with the baby, and it's like Jimmy Bond and and. Uh, Whatever. I'm fucking done with these people's names. Uh, the, the, the nerdy straight one are like, oh, you got a baby. What? Whose baby is this? And says, you know, it's the senator's baby. And uh, Jimmy Bond's like, 
but the senator is a married man. <laughs> and the baby looks at him like he's an idiot. That makes me like, I don't know that if they intended it, really but if he's like, but he's a married man, the baby's like, <laughs> like fucking just looks at him like he's like that gag. I did chuckle at. Oh, uh, God. I actually I wrote that one down too because it cracked uh, me up. But then everything else is just like the worst. And like they're complaining that the baby won't stop crying. And they're like, oh, maybe it's got to be changed. It's got to be burped. Maybe it's crying because it's just been kidnapped by a bunch of crazy lunatic idiots. Like, it's scared. It's in a fucking weird warehouse. And can we talk about the fact that no one panics about the missing baby in the campaign? No one gives a fuck about this baby. This baby's with them for days. Well, I guess technically it's supposed to be like a day and a half. Well, it's supposed to be like two or th- two to three days until the election at that point. No one freaks out. No one cares. And uh, to the point where, and this really bothers me, and Will can jump around because who cares. The end of the episode, it's revealed that the senator didn't even know about the baby, mm-hmm. had no nothing to do with the intern missing. They were basically babysitting the intern in this apartment, and the intern took some tranquilizer pills because she was stressed out and drove and got in a car accident. Uh, basically, the the male head of the campaign was the one giving them the information because he's like, I'm sick of cleaning up your messes, blah, blah, blah. By the way, he's a good guy. He's played like the villain because apparently we're supposed to like this senator. Yeah. But like all he did was try to expose your shitty fucking right. baby not making like not like the whole thing is the senator is like in the world is seen as this like great man, trustworthy, blah, blah, blah. But really, he's a drunk that can't stop fucking anybody. Uh so he's trying to expose that. You're a whist- you're a fucking whistleblower as far as like concerned. Like he's, he's good, but we're supposed to hate him. He this is all done while like they have the baby. The senator walks in, is that my baby? Blah blah blah. The senator then leaves the baby with them. Just walks out. Yeah. Then it cuts to like the next day, they're back. They still have the fucking baby. <laughs> they're still just hanging out. They just have this fucking baby. And we, then, like, the senator shows would... up to be like, oh, I'm here for my baby. Ev- yes. Eventually. <laughs> like, at that point, they have no idea he's coming back. They still haven't brought in a, a, a social worker or nothing. nothing. They just have this baby. All they did was Eve Harlow shows up and makes Frohickey take a fucking Lamaze class or oh, some God. shit. Can we talk about the, the Eve Harlow thing? Like, they invite her because we skipped past this about – and again, I feel like it's important to highlight that Chris Carter wrote this episode. Sure. Because it's so misogynistic. Like, in the middle of the episode, they've got this baby. They take it back to their lair because yeah. they kidnapped. Right. They, call, they can't figure out what to do with the baby, so they call Eve. Eve, right, and they're like, "Oh, thank God, she's here." Yeah, you're She'll a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she shows up completely out of character for her too. As far well, as the she's at goes. this point now for the next two episodes just their friend. Yeah. Like all that shit where it used to be like she would only show up when there was something in it for her. Now she's just there to help. She's right? just like who they call. I guess she made a bunch of money in the last episode when they hijacked or the two episodes ago. Now, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. But yeah. this is my problem. This woman was handling the two submachine guns just openly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, now yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, here, here's a baby. She Fix it, lady. It. Yeah, you've got a vagina. Uh, <laughs> also, I did note you had mentioned this in the last episode and I, in the last podcast, and I hadn't noticed it till today. The fucking noir lighting on her is actually pretty great because it's every single time every she's on scene. screen. It's never not that. There'll be times where she's standing next to someone <laughs> and she's lit that way, and they're not. Like it's that much. I, that gag darkness. is actually pretty solid. Good. Um, but yeah, everything about it, it's just so – and that's the other thing about this episode, and I started to say it earlier, that there are no stakes. They sh- these guys should be taking on giant, weird conspiracies. Uh, I'm not saying they have to go full supernatural the way that 
that the X-Files does. If this wants to be the tech version of the X-Files, that would be fine too. But they should be tackling big things. Yeah. Conspiracies within the government, assassination attempts, whatever. So far, other than the first episode, which was like the 9-11 episode, it's been some gun runners. Uh, I don't even remember what the oh the 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 car episode which I actually kind of liked that was what the uh, yeah, the, the car, car that runs on water that's that's exactly the kind of shit they should be doing and now a senator that cheats on his wife that's the whole plot of this episode it's tr- oh yeah you don't forget the Nazi poisoner oh and the Nazi poisoner <laughs> that made no sense that was just yeah uh, yeah so like. Yeah, so that hope that and you can tell it's the people a, that wrote this were like, well, Three Men and a Baby was pretty popular. I guess Chris Carter really liked that. So he's like, I'm going to make three <laughs> men. I'm going to make three lone gun. Yeah, I promise you, I haven't looked, but if this episode isn't named Three Lone Gunmen and a Baby, I'm going to kill it myself. Is. Of course it is. It is. A fucking course it is. <laughs> it is. It's called Three Men in a Smoking Diaper. Oh, blech, blech. it's the worst, dude. This is this episode was just awful. And then the Clinton gags, he comes out playing a saxophone at one point. And yeah, yeah, the yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. Willie Jefferson. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> There's also a point where Eve comes in and she's pissed at them uh, because they kind of let the senator get away at the end, like before he comes back for the baby. Uh, and, it's, and it's even before they realize that they like, nobody killed this girl, that she had just kind of killed herself accidentally. Um, and she comes storming in and she's like, are you kidding me? You let him get away with fathering an illegitimate child. And I'm like, bitch, at this point, he's a murderer. Why is yeah. like the illegitimate <laughs> child so important? It just doesn't, it, it makes no sense on so any you know what? I level. Feel like, I feel like both of us want this show to be more like, so the characters take this so seriously. This is my, this is the disconnect for me. The characters right. take it so seriously, but then they only invest, investigate comical, non-conspiracy things. Right. And then they just bumble out there. Yeah, the yeah, they are the three stooges of the but conspiracy world. But at the world. end, they want us to believe they've affected change in the world. Right. I'm like, this is not... You're yeah. Just, no. All that happens at the end of this episode is that the senator gets reelected, and then ha- like he comes forward and is like, I, got a, I, I, I did it. I had a baby out of wedlock. People still vote for him. He gets reelected, takes the baby. That's it. There's like nothing. Nothing happens. Uh, there's a point where he shows up right before he, like, he's going to get the baby. There's a knock at the door. And fucking Froggy opens the door. He's like, oh, I wonder why this guy's here. I don't know. Maybe because you have his baby? <laughs> what the f- I, I, Everything about this oh, is God. just so, so terribly. Uh, I and- almost feel like the writers were trying to fail at this point. Like, just what else can we do? Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it because they wanted to do something lighthearted. But you can't. The, the premise is already too dark for this to be. Right. This should have been a dark comedy. Yeah, 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 for sure. This entire show, not just a- like if you're gonna, yeah, if this is gonna be a comedy, which is fine because they were the comedic element of the X Files, then it does need to be much darker than this because there's so nothing. Like I said before, nothing is played straight, so nothing matters. There's just nothing I care about. Even and- when they set up situations that are like that, because I, I I only noticed this after we talked about it last episode mm. about the stakes just constantly being ruined. In this show, in this episode alone, they do it four times, yeah. right? Like they don't they find the baby, then the the aides just the, or the aides just announce that they they just murdered this woman, right, right, right. And then you have to worry about Jimmy possibly getting killed, but then they just bribe him. Yeah, they bri- they make a point of showing like the guy's like reaching in his jacket like he's gonna pull out a gun and he pulls out a check, uh, which I guess is supposed to be funny, but like. I didn't buy for one second that they're going to murder him in the bathroom of the campaign right. office. Like that doesn't make any <laughs> yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, they yeah for sure. And then also Jimmy, like, if Jimmy's going to be the idiot, 
The other three can't also be idiots. Right. You understand? What, you know what I, I mean? I completely agree. Like, it, it doesn't work. And I get that, like, he, they want him around so they have to explain everything. But they don't know it. Like, they need shit explained to them. Anyway, fucking episode six. We got half. Yeah, I'm uh, glad. Let's leave. Episode five I, was just a mess. It made me angry. It made me angry on so many oh, levels. God. It is such a disaster. Episode six, I feel like, is... A half of a good episode of this show. I agree. And at the halfway point just goes to pure shit. I completely agree. But I really like the opening. It opens with like, first off, it's got Stephen Tobolowski in it, so uh, it's gonna be good. Like, same thing. I have it right here in my notes. Stephen Tobolowski with he's, exclamation. He's the best, right? So it opens with him. He's coming home clearly after a long day's work, like Ty kind of off to the side. He walks into his house. It's like slow. Sits down for a minute. Walks into the other room. And he walks into another room. This other guy walks into the house behind him doing the exact same thing. And then, like, they kind of follow each other from room to room without realizing the other person's there. Eventually, Stephen Tobolowsky ends up in his in the bed next to the other guy's wife. They wait, like, who's what? Who, who, why are you guys in my bed? And that's the whole opening premise. They explain nothing, but it's, like... I need to know what's happening. This is yeah. fucking weird. It's quirky. It's like quirky. The music is quirky, silly. It's mm-hmm. played a little silly, but like it works in this in this sense. And like I, I, all it was was like I need to know why that just happened. I'm 100 percent drawn into this story, uh, and it kind of like progresses well for the first half of the episode along those lines. There's an actual like this is an interesting conspiracy. I, I agree with you. Like this is the best one as far as well. Aside from the episode four, which I still love. I still like that episode. Um, this was a great beginning. That, that whole dance around each other thing was a perfect setup. Comical, but not bad. And it's a perfect procedural setup, which is what this show is supposed to be. It's a procedural. Right. It doesn't give you any answers. It just creates a question. And yeah. now we got to watch the episode to figure out what the fuck is going on. Exactly. It's perfect. Uh, we find out that Jimmy has gotten a call. for. He, he calls the lone gunman. Uh, we find out because he was like, it, it, it turns out his whole life is missing. His house isn't his house. His neighbors don't know him. His name isn't anywhere. He's he's like, and then when I was sleeping in the dumpster behind the Petco, I found this, <laughs> and it's a copy of the Lone Gunman. And they're like, oh, that explains the cat's urine. Uh, uh, but and and it's also Stephen Tobolowski is always perfect. So like he delivers, he believes all of this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he is doing he is funny so, things, but delivers them real. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's like, I believe that I'm from a parallel dimension to this one, brought here by aliens. And they're like, all right, maybe this guy's a little crazy. Uh, he's like, I was, I pulled this goo from every crevice of my body, which I thought was a very funny, like the delivery, uh, like from every crevice of my body is very funny as he hands it to them. Um, and it's just like they're like, oh, it's just blue hand gel or whatever. They don't know what it is. Um, they don't believe him. They think he's just a crazy person. Uh, Jimmy wants to keep talking to him, but the the other guy's like, I don't know. And then he's like leaning down, he's upset, and then as they walk past, they notice this like electronic port in the back of his neck, which looked exactly like an HDMI port, honestly. Yeah. Which is way before HDMI, uh, but he has this fucking port in the back of his neck, and they're like, oh shit, well, something's going on with this guy. I liked all of this. And then there's like a like a quick reveal of a of a lab. Where there's people working and people in that goo and fucking, like, no one knows what's this, going on and it's awesome. Can I be honest with you? Please. I feel like the lab reveal was too early in the episode. I'll give you that. Because, you like, that. up until now, there's a question of, is this dude crazy? I mean, there's obviously something wrong with him. Yeah, they didn't. I don't really know what yet. For sure. 
And then they do they cut to the lab where he's missing, and you're like, oh yeah, no, he's really been kidnapped, right? Like this is a thing. Yeah, I, I give you that. They could have kept that reveal for later in the episode. Well, that's why yeah. the problem with this episode is I feel like they wrote half an episode. It was basically wrapped up. The mystery is revealed, and then the second half of the episode is trying to like solve his relationship problems. Yeah. And I don't I, give so a fuck. Like my, my feeling was that they started out with a legitimate conspiracy where right. it's like this dude don't doesn't know his his entire identity's gone, right? right? And he's got a port in the back of his neck, and there's some agency that's pursuing him and trying to find him. Right. And then they were like, hmm, that's a little too serious. Let's put midgets in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a thousand percent. So like he's so they like they're trying to figure out, they take him back to the lab. There's some fairly funny goofiness there. I was fine with that, like uh, Fro Hickey has made a homemade MRI machine that they're going to scan his head <laughs> yeah. with. That's fine. Uh, Steven Toblowski is kind of like, okay, this is weird, but whatever. Uh, um, he's he's going along with it. At one point, he sees a uh, a TV commercial for like a crazy Eddie Electronics repairman or salesman guy, and it makes him snap, and he punches fucking Langley in the face. So there's like, why does that bother him? There's yeah. all these little bits of this mystery that are good. But then, like, halfway through the ep- like, it just goes off the rails when – so he – the whole time he's like, I have a wife named Lois. I live at this address. They go to that address, and they're looking around because they're like – I thought this actually reveal was pretty interesting. They were like – they go to the neighborhood, and he like, prove that you live here. And he's like, well, Jimmy comes out of the house every morning. It's time to go to work with his paper and his coffee. And then yeah. his wife comes out to chase him down and give him a goodbye kiss. And then that happens. And then, like, this guy's jogging, but he hasn't quit smoking yet and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff I thought was really good. Uh, and then uh, they say, well, how could you know so much about this place if you didn't actually live here? Uh, and they go, Jimmy, how many huts are there on Gilligan's Island? And he's like, four, if you're not counting the time Gilligan built the treehouse because he didn't think anybody liked them. Giving the idea of like, oh, you just you watched it somehow. You yeah. saw it on TV. And they're like, well, there's hidden cameras in the house. Let's go look for hidden cameras in the house, which is when everything kind of starts going fucking a little weird. Uh, oh yeah, the kid think, shows up. Apparently, children what, don't know not to talk to strangers in the early odds. Like, that's, so weird. <laughs> that's how they get caught. Is like Frohicky's outside, standing, <laughs> standing and watching. His kid walk, like rides his bike. I did actually kind of like that, where the kid rides past, and the Frohicky's like, "All right, keep riding, just keep riding." <laughs> and then the kid comes back, and Frohicky's like, "Oh, who didn't see that coming?" Like he even says yeah. it. Like he even says it out loud. I thought it was funny, and I kind of like the interaction with the kid and Frohicky, where he's like, "The kid's like, nah, you're a burglar or something." And he's like, "Shut up, kid." Like that stuff I found. <laughs> Like, Fro uh, Hickey is charming, lines. right? The Fro Hickey lines were good in this because he keeps breaking the fourth wall just a little bit. Like, these moments where he's like, oh, God. Like, that. who didn't see that coming? And yeah, later, yeah, yeah. Later where uh, – like, can I jump to the – Yeah, end? yeah, jump around. Who gives a fuck? Where at the very end of the episode, the Stephen Velasquez character decided to stay in the in the uh, goo, in right. the virtual reality world. Mm-hmm. And, and Jimmy's like, this is just not the ending I would have written. And then he was like, well, what ending would have you written? And he's like, well, he would have ended up with the girl, the other girl that he obviously loves. And right. he goes into this little moment that's like super sweet. Mm. And then Froakey just turns and goes, I think I just got a case of diabetes. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's so sick, sickly he was sweet. Like, no, yeah. I don't think so. Oh, uh, God. And then he's got like two more gags in the middle like that where he's just like, oh, God, I can't even. So they get arrested for Vance. So they basically they go to the house where he thinks he lives to look for these cameras. And right. Stephen Tobolowsky ends up cutting a fucking whole like side of the house out looking for these cameras. Right. As the cops show up, they go to they get arrested again. Fine with that. Thank you. Some yeah. real world consequences. <laughs> Uh, again, they call Eve Harlow to come bail him out, and there she's there. Like, they're just friends now, which 
fine, I guess. But, like, that's got to be a gradual build. Like, you can't right. just have it be a flip of a thing. Like, even up until the episode four with the car episode, she's there because she's going to make money selling this car. Like, she's it's, it's business. It's all about her profit. Exactly. And she just used them. Yeah, 100%. But now she's just there to help them all the time. Uh, um, we find out the woman who he says is his wife, Lois, shows up, but it's really the head of that lab. And we just reveal, like he goes, he goes and sees a, a, uh, this the 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 stereo salesman guy to see if he recognizes him. He doesn't, uh, but then he sees a little like a, a midget wrestler. He sees uh, Frohickey as a midget wrestler and attracts Frohickey, and then they find him on TV. This midget wrestler, and he's like, I don't know why I've set him off. It, all of this was revealed to be that Stephen Tobolowski was married. To the daughter of the midget wrestler, who is also a little person, and uh, he, this is where I, this episode fucking stinks at the end. The whole time we're really genuinely feel for Stephen Tobolowski, right? Yeah, horrible shit has happened to him. His whole life's missing. He just wants to get back to what he believes to be his wife and his home. We find out that Stephen Tobolowski is a violent alcoholic shoplifter <laughs> who exposes his dick to women in the park women who he says as an excuse only the ones who think they fucking better than me or whatever yeah, like think they're hot stuff who think they're hot stuff so he's a, a he's a piece of shit right yeah he's a monster suddenly he's a piece of shit that we are now supposed to root for him getting help basically what it is is he agreed he he takes out the uh the stereo salesman guy has one eye. He's fucking the, the daughter midget who he's who Stephen Tobolowski is supposed to be married to. He's the guy Stephen Tobolowski. The last time he caught them fucking knocked his eye out. Was supposed to go to jail. He agreed to this uh, experimental therapy where he's put into this fucking virtual reality world via the port in his head, and he lives this idyllic life on you know fucking. Main Street, whatever, in the suburbs. Right. Uh, but really, he's just in this tank of goo with this thing. He's also fucking the the in the, the dr- in the, the dream world. He's fucking the head of the lab. Like she's, yeah, I like, but I say it's more her, right? Like she's fucking him. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. It didn't that make, made well, like, no sense. To no, me. The, it's just a weird thing for them to have the lab guy like the to have the head of the lab be more evil, I guess. Because really, she's the one like forcing that issue. Yeah. Um, and then they just they do like a cat weird camera reveal that she too has a port in the back, back of her head. And I was yeah. like, Wait, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, but then the second half of the episode becomes: Does he go back into the goo, yes. or does he stay in the real world and get his wife back? But at this point, we don't care because he's a terrible person. He's a piece of shit. Like yeah. even if he was just a drunk who like got in fights with his wife's boyfriend, fine. But the fat once and and he's a shoplifter. Okay, whatever. Not great. Pulling his dick out at women in the park who right. think their hot stuff is the rapist thing I've ever heard, and is unnecessary to that character. Like it so ruins that character. On top of which, she, his wife, who apparently still loves him, reveals that he also got her best friend pregnant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do you keep thing redeemable? Why about this keep dude? making him bad? Yeah, exactly. What? So when he decides at that point to go back into the goo. Because he's like, you always say I'm not the man you need me to be, but maybe I can be. Like, maybe yeah. this can make me a better man or whatever. He goes, we go back in the goo. I'm like, oh, well, that's like a fucking honorable choice he's making. Right. That moment is actually not like 
he's sacrificing his love for this woman to give her the life she really needs, and it's like take himself out of sight because he knows he's a piece of shit. That's like an honorable thing. Whereas they then work to get him out of the goo. Back into the real world where he's going to ruin her nuke. She's going to marry the radio guy. Uh, and they show up at the end and do the, like, oh, I love you, really, blah, blah, blah thing. She's getting married in a wrestling ring. Because she's also a midget wrestler. Oh, God, that whole scene. I just, I didn't, I didn't even want to finish it. I was like, this is the worst. Uh, there's, I did kind of enjoy the, uh, when they go to get him out of the virtual reality world. Uh, just sort of the way it's shot. They pull up to the house because basically they find out that the cameras weren't in the house. They're in all the telephone poles and like the junction right. boxes outside the house. And uh, they're like all standing outside and they can see they've like hacked into the virtual world. So they know like where he is in the house and whatnot. And then they're like, oh, he's coming out now. But he's not coming out. He's not there. He's still in the tub of goo. So they're talking to an empty space, and he's like, why are you guys looking at me like I'm not here? And they're like, oh, because you're not here. You're, I'm, we're standing in front of a house where you're not here. Uh, the the way that was shot and like the, the way they sort of pixelate it to make it be what you know virtual reality would be or whatever, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool looking. Um, yeah, and I enjoyed he, that scene. And even if they had went, like if the debate had, if the show had, if the second part of this episode had been the debate between just the debate between does he want to stay in the real world or does he want to like it's the red pill blue pill right it's very right. matrixy matrixy down to the port in the back of the head yeah, right absolutely um that could have been interesting but that whole decision is made in five minutes like it's he he decides immediately i'm gonna go back into goo i'm like oh that's an interesting choice and then the next thing is they go there and go hey you don't want to be in here you want to be with the midget lady and he's yeah. like yeah you're right that's yeah. it. There's no fucking struggle. There's no, like... Right? There's no... Uh, God, it would have been so much better if he had just gone and there had just been a question. Like, well, what happens to him now? Or, I feel like... that. God, I completely agree with you, man. The stakes in this were so terrible. And they didn't need to ruin his character. It could have just been a struggle about him not wanting to face reality. Like, he came home, caught his wife sleeping with his... Yeah, 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 yeah. Or whatever. And just did not want to... And then, like, attacked the dude and was like, I just don't want to be in this... I don't know. The world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he escaped into virtual reality. And right. now he's back to facing the same choice. And he's like, I just can't... I still can't handle... Right. And then the struggle could have been them trying to talk him into, like, really, you can overcome it. It's, it's about love. And, like, you can just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to put in the work forward. and whatever. Yeah, for sure. Now you got an episode that's worthwhile. But meanwhile, all we saw is, like, a terrible person got out of a decent situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To go ruin some other people's yeah. lives. <laughs> <laughs> that's really it. Or the other thing they do with this episode, which is your, like, you had said initially about they reveal the lab too soon. If they just make this episode about the figuring out where like where his story Agreed. is, right? So they they the the end of the episode should be revealing the lab, revealing that he is not crazy, and then how do we save the other people that are still in that fucking lab? Right. There's like four other people right. in the goo. No one gives a fuck <laughs> about them. They're still in there. There's a bunch and he she's I'm sure still fucking all of them in her, yeah. her weird rapey oh, virtual God. reality world. That yeah, they're like that, that even occurred to me. Do you think that was her thing? Like she's just keeping a harem of dudes who are trying to escape their reality. I kind of think so. It's played very much that she is is like I said, she's fucking him. It's not like 
I should stay in the virtual reality world where I get to fuck all the time, and that's awesome. And I just, oh, I'll pick the because he has a whole thing. There's a thing in the beginning which is also creepy when he's pointing out his neighborhood and like why he knows things. Yeah. He's like, and then this, oh, and then Victoria comes out of this the house all times or whatever her name is. I don't know the college girl. <laughs> no underwear uh, in her skirt, and he's like, I changed my whole work schedule around for that one. And I'm like, oh, you're a fucking creep, kinda. <laughs> but like, and he like kind of goes, oh, you, you know what I mean. And it's like, I was like, oh, it's just like a that joke fell flat. But then when you find out, oh, no, he's a fucking piece of shit. It's like, oh, even in the virtual world, you're still kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. It's uh, awful. Yeah. I just like they and if they had handled this episode, I was so pumped after episode five for the way this episode started and was sort of going down that track where I was like, oh, they're going to do a cool, weird science fiction episode. It's going to be fun. No, nah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Just another bunch of their fucking nonsense. And again, no one was held accountable for anything. Yeah, that dude. All right, so he lost his eye, right? The stereo guy has lost an eye. He doesn't have to go to jail. He's just out of the thing. Which also, can they tell me this? How the fuck did he get out of the goo in the first place? Right. They never explain it. <laughs> he just comes. He's just there. But when you see them in the goo, they're like in enclosed tanks, right? Like like yeah. fucking There's aquariums. A There's it. a lid and everything. And he's he got not, a fucking thing plugged in the back got, of his head. Yeah, he's got no clothes on. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow he just got out. Oh, and like got a suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one in the lab was like, hey, where are you going, bro? <laughs> it's, it's never explained. Uh, and I think there might have been a scene where they talk about like how that happened and it got cut because at one point... Uh, when the when the doctor does show up, the doctor's like, "I'm his wife, Lois." She's pretending to be his wife, supposed to be the lad doctor. She's got like a band aid and shit, and I'm, and then that's never explained either. She had, like a band aid on her forehead, and I'm like, "Well, maybe she just maybe he like overpowered her and escaped, and they just didn't show that or something." Yeah, uh, that's sort of what they set up. Was that that's what had happened? He had come to had a moment of clarity, and maybe overpowered her and got out. Right, I guess. That was the only reason I could feel like there was that reveal scene where they show the lab with the missing tank that was his. Right, right, right. That's the only explanation for it. But then you're right. They never explore it again. She never, no, he never reacts to her when she shows up. Like, yeah, yeah. Nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, I am... Sincerely disappointed. Sincerely <laughs> yeah. disappointed. At, we're at the halfway mark of this show. And... Uh, you know, I'm, we're going to finish it. I'm not, but like, this is the first time, and I'm, I'm talking. I watched Cop Rock, uh, <laughs> many more episodes than this, uh, and like, never felt like, oh, I'm going to turn this off. I can't watch this anymore. I think if I was watching this show, not doing the podcast, I'm punching out. I'm not watching anymore of this fucking show. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm not enjoying it, uh, which is a shame because I remember liking it kind of when it came out. I remember that, obviously being an X Files fan. But god damn it. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's a bummer. I'm looking forward to the, the episode with the Fro Hickeys. That's the one that's coming up. Oh, yeah? Okay. I haven't, well, looked, I, I, I haven't even, looked into it at all. I don't all. even know. I just saw it listed in the list oh, yeah. like, world of Fro Hickeys or something. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Well, we're done with this one, I think. Cool. There's not much more to drag out of this. Yeah. Um, Stop kicking it. By Thursday. Well, this will come out Thursday, so you're taping your album tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow night. So by the time yeah, this comes out, you'll have recorded a fantastic album for Stand Up Records. Ah, thank you, my friend. Uh, okay. I am in Houston, Texas at Whatever Fest, November 20th and 21st, or 21st and 22nd, whatever Friday and Saturday, whatever Saturday and Sunday is that. Uh, 21st, 22nd, I think. Uh, awesome ton of comics on the, it's a music festival but it's got TJ Miller's there Doug Benson oh, fucking nice. bunch of great comics so it's gonna be really fun 
Uh, I am at Spider House Ballroom in Austin, December seventh. Nice. And I like that show a lot. You yeah, yeah, that. yeah. It's just going to fun. And then the Sting is first Wednesday of the month. If you like our show, oh, oh it's at Puddly Chef. Yep. B u d d l e y c h e f on Twitter. I'm at Chris Cubis. Uh, if you like the show, you know, rate us on iTunes. Tell people, review us. It's uh, it's pretty cool if you do that, guys. So thank you, and we will see you next week. Thank you.